Welcome to the wonders of Feda. Hello, and welcome to the Wonders of Thetis podcast, your one-stop shop for all your Dragon Age role-playing game needs. My name is Ren. And I am Jessica. Uh, welcome to the show. Uh, bit of fair warning, we're, uh, some of us at the podcast are getting over a sudden case of bronchitis. A sudden toddler job-induced case of bronchitis. Yes. Two-year-olds are occasionally incubators. They're adorable little typhoid Marys, and yeah. I have their gross. So <laughs> I apologize if I break the recording with coughing. It's possible. I will try not to. And I've been living with her, so I might have to clear my throat every now and then. You never get sick. I never get sick. It's well, not fair. Well, you know, I was I was a very messy child when I was growing up. Oh, yeah, well, that clearly. <laughs> that was a really messy child. That's, that's, that's what fixed it. That made it better. I think that I'm okay. She punched me. You couldn't see it in the, in the, in the recording. It's true. Because this is the wrong kind of recording. But, um... Welcome to the show. We we hope we have a good one for you today. Uh, this goodness, we had to we had to put the podcast off for two for a week. So it's been three weeks since we put on a show because of because of uh, bronchitis was really bad last week. Yeah, and I was in no position to do this. I apologize for the lateness. It's uh, ah, it's okay. It's been it's been an interesting week. Folks on on Green Running forums were very understanding and very very supportive. So mm. thank you guys. Thank you all for your well wishes. I'm striving to get better as quickly as possible. We forgot to say what this episode is about. Oh. Yep, mages. Mages. Why we waited for me. Yes. Resident mage. Yes. We're going to talk about what it means to be a mage. Uh, how to uh, how to prepare your. <coughs> there it is. Sorry. That's okay. Now we're going to talk about how to prepare your character as a mage. Talk about what being a mage is like, what class powers you're going to get, and the magic that is going to be at your command. Uh, but before that, we've got a couple of things to run through. Well, so first, we're going to start with This Week in Thetis. You aren't worried I'll just make it up as I go? Not at all. You'll need to hear the whole story. So This Week in Thetis, we have a little less... Uh, it's not quite so Dragon Age specific, but it does involve Dragon Age and making sure that Dragon Age is out there for folks to see. Green Ronin had a lot of success at Gen Con 2016. They had, I think they said they had 90 events run, and almost all of them were completely full. Uh, wow. Of the games that they were demoing, which included Dragon Age, of course. Not actually that surprised, just impressed. Mm -hmm. It was pretty cool. I imagine that winning two Ennies uh, certainly helped Dragon Age's numbers. Jazz hands. Jazz hands. Fireworks. Uh, confetti. Definitely confetti. Exciting stuff. People swooping. Even though it's bad. Thank you. <laughs> Just, you know, have to qualify that swooping is bad. It is an important thing. Yes. But, um, so they mentioned that they did a, had a really good time uh, having full tables and folks who were happy to run uh, Green Running games. So they're already talking about uh, folks who want to GM for next year. Uh, if you go to Green Running's website, they've got uh, an article about, like, uh, how well they did this past year, uh, what they look for in a GM, and um, what kinds of games they'll be running, but they, uh, of course, they can't know anything, know everything they're going to do right now. So, they've got uh, a link on that article that'll take you to a little sign-up page where you can give them their name and your email address. And when 2017 rolls around and they're going to start uh, putting up, making their events, then they're going to send out emails to folks who are interested uh, and see who is still interested in running games for Green Ronin. 
So, if you'd like to get your name in there, go ahead and put your name and uh, email on their emailing list, and they will get you information for GMing 2017. And make sure you tell them that you want to run Dragon Age. If you're, you know, if you're a GM and you like to run Dragon Age, and you can come to Indianapolis 2017, August 17th, I think. I believe so. Something like that. And uh, I think I can know at least one person who's probably going to be interested in doing that. I've already put my name in. I thought you did. <laughs> you didn't mention it, but I knew No, I mean, I thought I'd put it in, and then when 2017 came around, I'd see what the water would look like. And then I imagine that they'll probably have, like, a, here, would you like to GM? And you can be like, yeah, no. But it's going to be, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't, uh, yeah, I'd like to run for Dragon Age. Dragon Age is good. If that's cool. Maybe run a table or two. Mm Mm-hmm. They're going to be, I think, uh, I think they said like two to four hour slots, or at least that's how it was last time. But, um, we'll go ahead and move on. We're very excited for Gen Con 2017, but it is a little more than a year away, so we'll... A little less than a year away. Yes, the way away now, correct, yes. Um... Unfortunately, we don't have any questions for the Codex, so we're going to move on from it, but we will let you uh, remind everybody that if you have a question about the Dragon Age RPG, feel free to email your questions to wondersofthetispodcast at gmail.com, or you can send them in a personal message to Caught the Protector, that's me, on the Green Ronin forums, uh, that, and that's at uh, roninarmy.com, and you can join in with the lovely conversations that we all have about the Dragon Age role-playing game, and people go in there and ask questions and get answers all the time. But uh, we're going to move on to some, uh, to some of our fan creation spotlight. We're going to open our books to the Dissonant Verses. Do you ever wonder what lies at the edges of the map, past the seas? No. I think we have enough to worry about on this continent. <laughs> of course, but... <sighs> Welcome to the Dissonant Verses. We don't have let's see we don't have anything to present for uh, other folks although I'm sure that more stuff is on the way we've got some stuff down the down the line but we're waiting until it's finished it's gonna be cool it's gonna be cool I'm very excited for it but um, uh, you guys have to tune in we're gonna plug our own stuff yeah we made stuff we made a couple talents for you guys a couple of folks in the green running forums have already seen them but we made some talents we wrote that <laughs> yeah. that's okay. We wrote out some talents and stuff, and we're uh, based on some things that hadn't gotten in from the uh, video games. Uh, and we put them on our blog, uh, com. You can find them under the resources for your game tab. We have a, we have a growing list of things from the community and from us. But we designed, uh, goodness, uh, three talents for rogues. These are all based on the Dragon Age 2 talent trees that didn't make it into uh, the tabletop role-playing game because they were kind of vague, but I decided I'd try and uh, magnify them down into simple concepts that still feel like something that you'd have fun doing. They're not really like weapon style, weapon fighting styles, more like um, tactical considerations or disciplines. So we have the sabotage talent, which is about sowing discord, knocking enemies to the ground, and throwing alchemical Mm -hmm. flasks at people. We have the Scoundrel Talent, which is about trickery and subdu- and uh, kind of tricking your foes. You can use, let's see, you can um, get a little bit extra out of your backstab. And my favorite part of this is the, is the Master Degree. I felt pretty felt pretty proud of this one. But it bases, it's based off the Journeyman Degree, where you can use Threaten as a more expensive stunt to make other people think, uh, to make, that per- make the person you threaten think that somebody else threatens them. <laughs> and then they go after them. Uh, and then the master degree is basically you can now do that with any role playing stunt that the GM deems appropriate. I thought that was going to be fun. Uh, the specialist was a was kind of a weird one to work with because it's it's very vague, 
but it's kind of um, basically it's you have a different a couple of different styles for combat and you can move in and out of each of them but you can get uh, the first you get like power mode and precision mode and then speed mode and then in the master degree you can have them all going at the same time which you normally could not do hopefully that doesn't break it too mm. badly you do have to activate them all individually you can't like do one activate action and have them all go at the same time. Yeah, but since so, activate is a minor, that's only correct. eleven but, and a half. Right. If but if you want them all active like right away, then you'll probably spend the first round doing just just activating modes, and that might be in addition to modes you already have, unless you just took specialist, which is you know which you can do. And the bonuses I thought were um, at least for power and precision were minor enough that it wouldn't uh, mm-hmm. break anything. Well, what other ones did we make? See, we also made two for the warrior class. Oh, and we'll mention that um, the rogue class also had a um, a talent tree called subterfuge, but it was just filled with abilities that rogues can already do in the in the role playing game. So we skipped that one. Um, did some similar things with the warrior. We uh, instead of inc- we didn't include battlemaster or warmonger, but we did because the warrior already gets abilities like that. But we did include the defender and the vanguard talents. The Defender uh, might have to get some tweaking later because I'm not entirely sure how well it would work in play. I thought it was okay, but I, I could be wrong. And if, it, and if it is wrong, then I will certainly be happy to change it. But it's about being able to take what comes to, oh, well, what comes to you. Uh, getting bigger boost to defense uh, when, you, when you perform things like defend actions. Um, being more able to take on tests that you make as a reaction to something. Or um, giving yourself a bonus to armor rating when you ready yourself for attacks that are coming. And then the Vanguard is all about, uh, is kind of like the Precision one, but um, unlike Precision, you can't mix the modes. You can only have, you get two modes at the novice degree, but you can only have one of them going. Because those two modes upgrade when you get, the ma- get to the Master degree. Mm. And it gives you the War Cry that you have from uh, Inquisition. You can shout at everybody mm. and have them come fight, come fight you. Now, have we talked about these talents? We have not. Uh, we also ju- jumped into Dragon Age Origins, and while these were kind of these were skills that were included in the game that you spent skill points on once you got into the Awakening expansion, we thought that they uh, deserve some attention in the tabletop game. So we have the Clarity and Vitality talents. The Clarity is all about taking care of your mind so that you have uh, a more balanced psyche, uh, more clear thought processes, and you just take good care of your head. And then the vitality talent is all about taking good care of your body, so you end up becoming uh, taking good care of your body, so you become tougher and uh, able to withstand more uh, more physical punishment. Again, you guys can find all of these talents and all of the text for them. We're not going to go over them on the podcast just because we've got other stuff to talk about. But if you uh, go to oneisofthatispodcast.wordpress.com under the resources for your game tab, if you go down to uh, new talents, there should be lists. Let's see, there should be uh, lists of the new talents uh, near the bottom of our list currently. So feel free to take a look. Let us know what you think. If they're too good, we can tone them down. If they're not good enough, we can tone them up. But uh, get involved in the conversation. And if you have any custom Dragon Age RPG content, or a friend of yours does, or you've seen some that we haven't covered on the podcast yet, you can send it to us in an email to oneisathetispodcast at gmail.com or a personal message to Caught the Protector on the Green Ronin forums. Which we said about five minutes ago. Yes. Just making sure that folks know. Cool. Yeah. Yep. Just, just got to make sure that folks know we have an email. And we have, do. We definitely do. We definitely have an email. And you can also leave uh, comments on our blog if you like. So, without further ado, we should probably uh, finish that incantation and uh, talk about wizards. Talk about mages, sorcerers, arcanists, witches, all that fun stuff. We're all mages here. We're all mages here. 
So we're going to talk about the wizard. This is our main topic for today. So, you're a mage. I like that you keep saying we're going to talk about the wizard. Yeah, yeah, that's I titled the show. I was very proud of myself. But um, if you turn to pages 34 and 35 of the core rulebook, then you can follow along with us and see and see what exactly we're talking about. So, what is a mage? The best class. <clears throat> <laughs> uh-huh. I mean, mostly kidding. I'd be dead without my party members, but right. It takes a, it takes a village to, you know, <coughs> take down crazy blood mage king. Like you do. <laughs> so you are a wielder of magic, a force to be reckoned with. Uh, with magic, mages can change the flow of a battle very quickly with a well placed spell. Mages are also usually well educated, or at least have access to secret knowledge. This means they often know much about the world around them. Some are skilled healers, others practice learning language, but all are rightly feared for their command of weapons few in Thetis possess. And also feared because of their ability to lose control of those weapons mm-hmm. and then themselves become quite dangerous monsters. Indeed. Being a mage is one of the uh, interesting things that sets Dragon Age, uh, Dragon Age's setting away from other fantasy campaigns. Uh, being a mage is pretty much just as much a blessing as it is a curse. Often more a curse for Often, those yeah. not fortunate enough to grow up in societies that are more accepting. Yeah, so more nurturing and have or even have people to teach them how to control their talents because it can prove fatal. Yeah. Just as much to others as it can to you. So, in terms of the role-playing game, a mage can fill a lot of roles in a party. Because they're they're kind of open ended. What so uh, what role you wish to fill is as varied as the magic that you com- you can command. Mages make powerful damage dealers, crowd controllers, healers, party enhancers, or enemy debuffers. Most of your abilities are going to come from the spells that you know how to cast, so you got to choose them wisely. Don't forget that mages can also be a very strong party face. Oh, definitely. Then we'll probably talk more about this in a bit, but uh, the mm-hmm. way that their primary and secondary stats end up uh, sort of sorting out means that they can actually end up with a higher communication without sacrificing their other stats mm-hmm. than certain than like rogues can and a primary <coughs> stat for them. So mm-hmm. mages can make exceptional faces to the party. Definitely. So, um, speaking of that magic that they get, uh, we're going to cover each school of magic in greater detail. We're going to give them all their own episode because there's a lot of really cool lore there and there's a lot of cool disciplines and understanding of how each, uh, and, and kind of like, strategies on how to use each school of magic. I have but, so many things to say about this thing. Oh yeah. We're gonna we'll get to them. They're they're kinda of far down the list, honestly, talking about the specific schools of magic, but we'll get to them. It'll be cool. We gotta talk about other stuff first. Um but with but of course the list I have is not set in stone. We can mm. always move stuff up or down. But the so there are four schools of magic and well five if you five count the bad one. If you count the bad one, the wrong one. <laughs> Um, the most powerful. Correct. Uh, the first four normal schools of magic that most people are going to see. Uh, the uh, first one is creation, which is best for healing, defense, and enhancement magic, with a little bit of crowd control as well. Creation is fantastic. Oh, it, yeah. Uh, I mean, this coming from someone who plays a spirit healer. Yes. But creation is really very, very capable as a, as a uh, school, and it's excellent for those who want to keep their parties on their feet. Oh, yeah. I found that the balance between healing and damage, as like in most games, becomes very difficult to keep up with and provide 
you know, relevant uh, sort of party support. Mm-hmm. It's difficult to make that balance when you're trying to be sort of more optimal. Mm-hmm. But it's not impossible. Yes. And as long as you supplement it with some of these other classes, creation is a very, very powerful tool. You've certainly been doing a good job of it yourself. <laughs> keeping all that, keeping all your, uh, all your friends healed. It's fun. Keeping them all alive. It's like a creation, challenge. Creation is a very strong support uh, support uh, collection of spells. Let's see. Skip. <laughs> yeah. Um, next we have Primal, which is a very different kind of magic. It's best for dealing damage with fire, lightning, lightning and ice. It almost said lightning and lice. <laughs> Whoops. No, please don't do damage with lice. It just sounds unpleasant. No, we don't, we don't want mages that can open their hands and lice come out. Ugh. That's a weird spell. Uh, but the primal magic is the kind of magic that most people associate with mages uh, because that's the first thing that most people think of when they hear magic is someone lifting their hand and throwing lightning out of their fingers. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Primal's also got some solid enhancement and, pl- of course, plenty of crowd control and mm-hmm. a couple of interesting utility spells. Yeah, one of these spells that is primal that just about every mage should consider oh, yes. taking because mm-hmm. if you don't, you're probably going to get clobbered. Yes. You want rock armor, yes. and you want it yesterday. Uh-huh. We're finding, at least in our game, it's a bit difficult to get rock armor on just because if a mage is just walking around in public with, you know, with you know, rocks jutting out of their skin, out of their skin. Well, and once you're powerful and famous enough, I mean, it's I, true. People, I can walk around town with rock armor on at this point. Yeah. People just be like. Well, she's a mage. Right, the, uh, your guys are level 17. Yeah, what right? are they going to do about it? Level 17 rules well, of the country. Are we 17? We're yeah. 16. No, it's, <laughs> no. Can we 16. be 17? You can be 17 later. I want to be 17 now and you get can, that thing where I can 17. teleport through stone. You can be there are some other really it. cool things in Primal that involve the uh, <coughs> Keeper specialization mm-hmm. that are not like the other Primal spells, mm-hmm. and they are very exciting, and I can't wait to talk about That's going to get its own episode, too. It's actually mm. the Keeper. Keeper's usually a bit farther down the line, but we'll be talking about Spirit Healer before that. Um, after the primal is entropy which is a school of enfeeblements making foes weaker mm-hmm. with a few it has a couple of spells that actually revitalize you by inflicting pain on others <laughs> uh, it, it can also ha- it also has a couple uh, it also has a couple of enfeebling spells that help your party members take down enemies quicker if you get to some of the really nasty ones like curse of mortality or uh death hex yeah ouch that stuff gets real nasty mm-hmm. especially the ones that let you they, they give your friends free stunt points every time you attack somebody with this spell on them yeah entropy is like mm-hmm. the debuff school yeah if is. you want to debuff people oh, you yeah. want entropy it is definitely the school of bringing other folks down yep gotta bring people mm-hmm. down which can Always which can certainly help down. it can certainly help it and it can even help keep you alive oh yes and then finally we have spirit which I is a, oh yeah which is a school of delightful amounts of versatility uh it is not a very widely understood school of magic but uh it does could do a little bit of everything it has a little a little bit of buff it has a little bit oh, of man. attack i have so much defense. to say about this one <laughs> spirit gonna, is just yeah. so incredibly powerful Spirit's one good. of like one of the uh, i mean you get you get buffs you get debuffs you get crushing prison mm-hmm. which is just unfortunate for whoever you cast that upon kinetic weapons i was getting there don't yeah. steal my thunder uh, because it's stupid mm. spell he doesn't like it because it's way too effective with a rogue i haven't given any of my foes telekinetic <laughs> weapons yet i'm gonna fix that telekinetic weapons is a spell it's like rock armor it's one of those where you take it and it's a game changer it is it if really you especially is. if you have rogues in the party who can perform uh Pierce armor for one stun po- uh, for one stun point. Mm-hmm. This spell can reduce it to zero. Yeah, it does. It's 
it's maddening for some people. Yeah. And it provides extra gonna damage. It's going to make it work for your fuzz one of these days. It's going to be great. Well, see, it's the thing is Dalish don't do stuff like that. Well, no, the Dalish don't do that, but maybe crazy Blood Mage Kings will do that. Oh, like like Tevinter people? Uh, probably. Tevinter people don't seem very shy about using spirit magic. Yeah, but mine froze, so. <laughs> Too bad. Either uh, way, I've got loads to say about yes. that one, but it's also, we'll save it for later. It is also the school of dispelling. Yes, that is. is that has know. saved some lives already. Yes, it helps you combat other mages effectively and keep your party free from uh, harmful magic. Mm. Now, dispelling is not quite as effective in this game mm -hmm. as it is in others. In certain other games like D&D &D and Pathfinder, dispelling is pretty ubiquitous and almost mm -hmm. expected. Like, if you don't have someone with the ability to dispel in higher levels of that game, you are going to struggle. Yeah. In this game, it's not quite as vital, it but it is help when you need extremely it. useful when, say, yeah. somebody's been turned into a walking bomb and mm. can't make that test or something. Uh, that's yeah, that's, that's when you need that dispel magic. Because mm -hmm, that spell doesn't really go away. It does not. It, it really does not. It really does not. So, um, let's talk more about what you're going to get as a mage. By being a mage, your starting hit points are going to be 20 plus constitution plus 1d6, which is the lowest of the three classes. This is why you have a nice con. Yes, it is. Just do it. So your primary abilities, the th your three primary abilities are cunning, magic, and willpower. Uh, cunning, you're going to be using if you want to take lore focuses and talents, and on heal actions, if you mm -hmm. decide to take the heal. Um, important heal distinction. Yes. We're talking about non-magical heal actions here. Correct. If you are using magic to heal... Like all other magic spells, you will, in fact, be using your magic score. Yes, you will. Teenagers are typically well-educated, so feel free to make use of the cunning, use of cunning focuses. And also remember that because uh, your two, two of your primary focuses, or your primary abilities only have like five focuses apiece, means that if once you start running, when you run out of like the two focuses that you're going to pick for your magic, and maybe the two focuses yep. you'll pick for willpower, you've got a whole bunch of really useful cunning cunning focuses to take yeah well until you can start specializing mm -hmm. once you can enhance yeah. your focus yes. then then things get difficult again uh-huh so <coughs> next of course is magic your magic stat is your bread and butter stat you will use it for casting mm -hmm. spells you're going to use it for calculating your spell power you're going to use it to resist some spells or you're going to use it to attack if your arcane lands and if we haven't talked about spell power spell power is yes. the thing that determines mm -hmm. what number an enemy has to make on a test to resist your spell. Yes. We'll which have a, needs to be high. We'll have an episode on magic later when we talk more about, like, it's going to be more of a GMing, like, how can you use magic in your yeah. game. But well, since players need mm, to know, too. Players will need to know that, correct. Uh, your spell power is, is going to be very important. Having a high magic also means you're going to have a good mana score, which is what you need to cast you want, spells. You want that. It go, You run through that stuff way more quickly than you think you will. Oh, yeah. So getting a high magic is always a good idea. Always, always a good idea for mm -hmm. a mage. Do it. Especially if you think you're going to be in a game where your GM is not going to be providing you with as many opportunities for lyrium potions. Mm -hmm. Because for mages, you get some extraordinary abilities, but unless you have lyrium potions, when your mana is gone... Then you, all you've got is a magic mm -hmm. missile. And hopes and dreams. <laughs> That's about it. Hopes and dreams wrapped into that little arcane lance. It's not a very Go, good... little friend. That's not a very good package. Save us from the dragon... Yes, so spend wisely and make sure that you have enough magic to have a solid uh, amount of mana. Your party will thank you for it. And finally, you have willpower. Do not dump this. No, it's good. 
have it good. May, willpower is gonna is particularly important for mages because once you start casting more advanced spells, and you eventually are going to flub a spell casting. Yep. If you're level one on that dragon die, you're going to trigger a mishap, which you can find more information about in chapter five. But when you do when you trigger that mishap, you're gonna have to make a willpower self discipline test. And if you don't make that test and you roll particularly badly on it, you could end up being possessed by a demon. Mm -hmm. There are people who uh, optimize and sort of minimize their chances of rolling mm -hmm. poorly and not and having to worry about willpower tests. I uh, is... am a poster child for the fact that improbable and low rolls <laughs> will happen when you don't want them and oh, yeah. frequently when, when they feel they need to. Uh-huh. You may, you know, if you feel that you have the loaded dice or the luck to not roll three ones ever... Ever. Then by all means, go for it. Go for it. But most of us do not have that luxury. So, so shoring up that willpower is that, pretty yeah. darn important. Also, you don't want to be the mage who like runs away from everything, because when you have a high willpower, you can have the rest of your party running away scared, and you're just sitting there, uh, you know, chin held high, uh, just and not being afraid of nothing and nobody. And yep. that I don't know, that is always kind of fun. I'm a strong, independent mage who don't need no willpower courage test. Well, well I, I don't need to worry about it because right. I have a high willpower. That's true. And a good willpower. A good willpower. Do it. So, uh, secondary abilities uh, are communication, constitution, dexterity, perception, and strength. So, communication is pretty self-evident. It is going to be used if you want to be a good talker, and because it is a secondary stat for you, you can actually get it pretty good. Mm -hmm. it like I was you. saying before, it's... Something that you can put a lot more into than, say, your rogue friend, because your rogue will have to balance it with his dexterity, mm -hmm. and you will have to balance it with not a whole lot. It's true. So there's a couple of the good thing, a couple of the good other good secondary yes. stats here. One of the great things I, in, I think for mages is that they have this particular stat array as secondary, uh -huh. and that makes them extremely versatile in build. Yes. Like when you want to build them a specific way, mm -hmm. this provides you with many different options for sort of non-combat, non-magical abilities. Definitely. You can have each and every one of these abilities can be useful to you mm -hmm. with the with a specific build or character type. Definitely. Speaking of useful to any character build, constitution. Oh, do not neglect your constitution. You start with Pretty small hit points compared to the other classes, especially the warriors who get like 30 plus constitution plus 1d6. You're going to want to put at least a couple points into this so you don't die. Yeah, if you're starting with lower than 2, be very careful mm -hmm. and try to up that as soon as possible. Don't forget that after you hit level 11, you're all, you're, your health is only going up by your constitution. You don't get yeah. an extra d6 on each There's of those. There's no d6, it's yeah. just your constitution score, which was very unpleasant for our rogue, Italian. Realizing that if she didn't start upping her con, she was going it. to get zero hit points zero every level. Zero hit points every level. <laughs> and then she gets like, <coughs> she, gets, she like, she gets like two hit points per level now. Yep. Because she's been having to put, put all those extra she's numbers in She's just been there. desperately throwing stuff mm -hmm. in there. So, make sure you think about that. Dexterity. It can be useful for a mage. Uh, most of the weapons that you, most of the weapons that you can actually hit people with that aren't your arcane lance, use dexterity. Mm -hmm. uh, if you actually want to go that route, which you can. You can, um, and boy, can it be cool if you do certain <laughs> prestige classes uh -huh. and then hit yourself with uh, telekinetic weapons. Definitely. Uh, you can also use dexterity to have a good defense, which is nice, so you don't get punched very much. I wish I had that. Uh, you can also use a good dexterity so that you have a high high speed, 
which you can use to correct helpfully and quickly and uh, efficiently place AOE spells. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe you can move much more quickly yeah, with the high move experience. a lot move around a lot more so that you're not in the space of that fireball that you're mm-hmm. about to drop. Speaking of which, it's not your own fireballs that are the only thing you have to worry about. And high mm-hmm. high dexterity means high acrobatics, uh-huh. which means that you are more likely to avoid other mages' AOE spells. Definitely. And I say this because I am someone without a really, really high dexterity who tends to eat all of the other mages' spells. Well, here comes a fireball. Here we so go. I'm going to sit here and take it. Or cast spell shield and spend <laughs> all my mana. Or cast spell shield and spend all my mana because, man, there's a lot of mages here. Uh, perception is going to be useful to you no matter who you are. Just try to put <clears> a point <throat> or two in it. <laughs> Especially <clears throat> if you're a mage who's still got a, like a zero perception. <clears throat> a one perception? Zero. Zero perception. Who would do that? Oh, zero perception now that she's 16th level. Who would do that? No one yeah, would do that. doesn't notice stuff. But, you know, that's what okay, you're bringing she ha- rogues she's and mages. Okay, rogues and warriors for. I need to go to Orla and pick up some glasses. Right. She needs she needs glasses, and they ha- and only a couple people have invented them in Phase. That's my excuse. <laughs> it's, it's purely an excuse. Let's see. And then finally, of course, is strength, which is if you, are plan- if you plan on using melee weapons, like punching people or hitting folks with your quarterstaff, then a strength score is going to help you, and it does give you some extra mm-hmm. options. It's... Not something that's completely out of there, but also not always probably going to be used by a mage, unless you make it part of your build. This is one that you can justify a bit more with not putting points into, as opposed to perception. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you're a mage, you can have noodly arms if you want. Yeah, you can. Because you can shoot fireballs out of your fingertips. It's all good. If you don't want to have noodly arms, you can also do that, Yeah, and then you can, again, go with that whole... uh, you know, telekinetic weapons thing and yeah. beat some people into the ground. Mm-hmm. So, uh, mages begin play with the brawling and the stabs weapon groups, none of which are particularly powerful, but a high-strength mage can make some good use of them if they want. Yep, there's, again, loads of things you can uh, do. Your fists, unarmed, uh, and improvised weapons. What? There's, there are loads of things. There I've are corrected things. corrected my own grammar. There are many things. So at level one, you are going to get 10 plus your magic plus 1d6 mana that you will be using to cast your spells with. Not a lot at the start, but most of your spells at the start are probably going to cost like 3 or 4 mana a piece. So be sparing, but having a good magic, of course, is going to boost that number. Mm-hmm. You're going to get your Arcane Lance, which is which is basically uh, a bolt of pure magic that all mages that all mages can uh, can master rather rather quickly. It's basically a single magic missile that you can fire. Uh, and it does, and it does get better with you. It, mm-hmm. it costs no mana to fire it. Uh, you do need a staff to fire it from. It deals one d six plus your magic damage, and you can generate stun points with it, which means that you could mm-hmm. get some. Pre- if you shoot well, you can get some pretty devastating shots with it. And as you level, the uh, you get most of your special mage related abilities that you get as you level up, short of new spells and talents. There mm-hmm. are benefits that boost your ability to use this ability. Yes. Uh, you get magic train. <laughs> <coughs> wow, we're all dying. Coffee break. Aww. <laughs> uh, you get magic. All nine train. of our listeners um, are just mortified. Oh, nine of our listeners are upset. Sorry, guys. This is a very this is a very pun filled house. I gotta take him where I can because if I don't, she does. It's true. Uh, magic training represents you learning to use your magical talents to create specific kinds of spells. Uh, this gives you three spells to cast at level one. Um, I believe Chapter 5, um, which is a holdover from the first set, has a couple of suggested loadouts for um, beginning for beginner spells. Yeah. Like if you One wanna... of the smart ones is, I believe, the balance. Mm-hmm. It's like 
Arcane Bolt, Rock no, Armor. No, it's a. Uh, I think it might be. Bolt? It's like Fire or Arcane Bolt. There's one offensive spell. One offensive spell. And then yeah. Rock Armor and uh-huh. Heal. And Heal. Yeah. Which gives you a nice array. For... It's a good nice array. But if you want to spell, you start as an Entropy Mage. You can go with all Entropy spells. If you want to be a, a Primal Mage, you can go all Primal spells. Or if you want to be straight up Creation, you can go all Creation, where you can mix it up however Some you like. Some of us started that way. Yes. It's difficult, but mm-hmm. fun. It is its own thing, but um. Also, uh, speaking of these three opening spells, it might be good to ask your GM if it is okay for you to take spells that have prerequisites uh, at level mm-hmm. one. Some GMs may say that these three spells that you get for free have to be spells with no requirements, and some GMs Which may say sense. that it's okay, right. but just know that, especially if you're level one, if you cast a spell with a requirement and you fail, then that brings the... Uh, the chance of that, getting yeah. possessed. If you fail spectacularly, of course, that, that does always create the well, chance of being possessed. And the primary to... issue with mm-hmm. it as well is that spells with prerequisites are almost always going to have higher target numbers to cast mm-hmm. and higher mana costs, which and you higher may not mana be able costs, to pay at level one. Which means you might spend more than half of your mana to cast a single fancy spell and fail the target number anyway, and end up spending what would be double the mana, and then you are. Out of, out of mana, and you, and you didn't do mana. anything. So take your mm-hmm. time. In my yes. in my opinion, build up. Yes, uh, and of course, you get three a choice of three starting talents. You get to pick one of them. Uh, you can choose chirurgy, linguistics, or lore, which are all very which are all quite useful for their own thing. Mages are usually quite well educated. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not necessarily through education through like a circle or uh, or a, even a mentor, but. If they're like an apostate who grows up on the fringes of society, they have to figure out how to survive. So, learning, so learning, they all Natural these are all useful skills. Yeah, definitely. Um, with lore, I would recommend talking to your GM ahead of time. The benefits of the novice rank of lore talent are a bit nebulous mm-hmm. in that there's no real mechanical, numerical, distinct mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. So talk to your GM and find out what they will be prepared to give you when you the the point of the novice part of the lore talent is when you succeed at a knowledge check or a lore check then you uh get some extra information that you wouldn't otherwise have gotten yes so talk to your gm find out how much they're going to give you whether or not it's really going to be Mm -hmm. appropriate and of course whether or not it fits your character yeah of course definitely uh chirurgy of course is very good if you are planning on fixing people up if you want to do the non-magical version of healing, which is which, especially once you start taking the Chirurgy talent, can be just as helpful and even boost your healing abilities if you want. Uh, and of course, there is the linguist, the linguistics talent, which lets you learn an extra language. Mm-hmm. If you're going to be covering uh, mm-hmm. large parts of Thetis, yes, this may not hurt. It may not hurt. It could be helpful. So, what you are going to get later? Turn our books. I said to thirty-four and thirty-five. Correct. So, at level four, you are going to get an ability called Spelllands. All right. Yep, it's pretty neat. It means that once you hit a foe with an arcane lance and you get at least three stump points, you could also cast a spell to go with it. Yeah. And uh, that spell cannot have more stunt points, or sorry, that cannot cost more than three mana. Indeed. So. Needs to be a little bitty spell. Needs to be a little bitty spell. But, but that's... say you were hurting pretty badly and you wanted to hit somebody with an arcane lance and realize you had some extra stunt points lying around, <laughs> you spend those three to cast heal on yourself. Heck yeah. That's pretty neat. That's pretty helpful. 
let's see. And then at, let's see, of course. Yes, where are we? Uh, at level seven, you get uh, long lance, which is another upgrade for your arcane lance. It gets yep. You get longer mm-hmm. lance, pretty much. Yes, originally as advertised. Yeah, as advertised. Usually, the uh, arcane lance only reaches sixteen yards, but at level seven, they can now reach twenty-four yards. Ta-da! Yes, taking from eight squares to twelve squares. Mm-hmm. Pretty helpful. And then uh, power lance at level nine. Is at nine, where you can make it call. You can make it more painful. By uh, spending two mana points per extra d6 of damage you want to add to your arcane lance. I think you can only spend it once per attack. Oh, never mind then, yeah. But I believe for each... I don't do that very often. Yeah, you don't use your arcane lance very much. You've no. got other things to do. I got, I got more. I got other stuff to do. Yes. Yes, but you I spend two mana, you add a d6. Becomes two d6 plus your magic. But you which... must do that before you make the attack roll. Correct. Because, uh, you know, it's really easy to do it at the end and be like, oh, I totally did that. Hmm. Yeah. There's no risk there. But uh, of course, at level eleven, you are only going to gain your magic in mana every level instead of ma- instead of magic plus one d six. So have a good one. So have a good magic. As I said, it's helpful. Let's see. At let's see. Well, at you twelve. Get bonus. Yes, you can perform uh, the la- you can perform the arcane lance. You know, you can use the arcane lance quit more quickly. So if you roll stun points when you're doing it. Um, you can do lightning attack for only two stun points instead of three, so you can fire your lance more often at the same at the same time. Mm-hmm. And everything else, I mm-hmm. believe, until twenty yeah. is spells and talents. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and level twenty, of course, like the warrior Epic and the mage. Ra- and the Epic mage. Pick one type of stunt: combat, exploration, or role playing, or spell. In your case, they do point that out. Uh, you get plus one bonus when generating stunt points of that type. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Plus one extra on uh, spell stunts could actually be quite useful. But if your mage also feels like they'd pick combat exploration or role-playing, then go with that. Mm-hmm. But still, mm-hmm. extra spell spent would be... Yes. Um, also, at every even level, and then every odd level <coughs> starting at 11, that's okay, every odd level starting at 11, you're going to get a new spell to cast. Which, uh, assuming that you go to level 20, you're going to get nine spells from leveling up, Three at level one means that you know, three at level one means you're going to get twelve spells from class powers alone, but that is not including the talents that you might take, which can give you extra spells mm-hmm. and specializations. Specializations can also give you extra ones. And interestingly enough, we're going to talk about specializations next. Mm-hmm. Going to run through them really quick because uh, we're going to have an episode for each one of these later on because there's a lot of lore and a lot of really cool strategies to cover. Uh, but I am gonna, so excited. Yes, we're gonna we're gonna cover um, in. Uh, in short, right now, to give you an idea of uh, the paths that you can take as a mage, because of course you can take your first specialization at level six and your second at level fourteen. So uh, get planning now, and we're going to tell you what you can be as a mage. As a mage, you could be an arcane warrior. An arcane warrior is an ancient and nearly lost elven art of, ma- of mixing spells with blades and armor. It is a different dis- it is a difficult discipline to uncover, but none can deny the might of an armored knight wielding magic. This would be that person where we were talking about how some mages get along with strength. Uh-huh. This is you. Yes. Just hmm. good luck figuring out how to become one. It's not yes. exactly it's common not knowledge. It's not very common knowledge. It's not easy. Uh, blood mage, a deeply feared and forbidden practice. Mm-hmm. The power contained in blood is hard to ignore. While you may be hunted for practicing it, some of the most devious and vile forms of magic are going to be at your command. 
Some of the nastiest spells in the game come from blood magic. And therein lies mm-hmm. our fifth secret school. Uh-huh. Blood. It is its own school of magic. You will have to make magic blood spells, and by blood tests, in order to cast those spells. So, I mean, if you want to do that, that's cool, but Templars might have a problem with that. Mm-hmm. We'll definitely talk about that particular oh, one in at length. Oh, yeah. The primary drawback for being a blood mage is that just about everyone in Thetis wants to kill you. Oh, yeah. You are literally everything that is wrong with Thetis. Yep. According to everybody else, of course. Uh, the next one is the Keeper. No, no, no. No, no. I f- I don't know. I'm bad. It's the Force Mage. We'll go with the Force Mage first. We'll talk about Keepers in a minute. Okay. Force Mages are lovers of magic's raw power. You command magic in its purest form, pushing, pulling, and slamming foes, while eventually becoming an unflinching, an unflinching force. This is a type that can be exceptionally powerful. Oh, yeah. If I had not chosen to go Keeper for story purposes, mm. this probably would have been my secondary yeah. specialization. It's got some unique unique things. Um, slamming folks to the ground, getting them, on the, getting them on the floor, or pushing or pulling them. Yes. Well, while you can slam people into the ground with regular spirit magic, yeah. I've done that a lot. But yes, you um, do. there are some really unique spells that are only Force Mage usable. Yes. And if you could, some, you know, if you get to high levels and you want to pair it with something, getting getting that and using telekinetic weapons and perhaps pairing it with something like Arcane Warrior oh, man. means that you're knocking people oh, to man. the ground and then and then stabbing the ever loving heck out of them. And then wearing heavy armor, yeah. and Woo. really just—I <laughs> don't want to think about the person who has I to. I think fight I need you. to go build an NPC now. I do this to myself way too often. <laughs> you may not take all of my ideas. No, but they're all so good. Stop it! You have such good ones. <laughs> Stop it! So okay. next is the keeper. Only the Dalish elves are taught to command the forces of nature. As such. Cool. It is a secretive practice, eventually granting you a small amount of control over the cycle of death and rebirth. Uh, sort of. Kind of. It's not very it's cool. powerful. It's just mm-hmm. got it's a some really cool utility. It's very much unlike the other things that involve mm-hmm. uh, primal magic. Yes. It's you very, get to uh, call nature to your aid. Yes. At one point, ooh, important thing not to miss if you're looking at the Keeper specialization there is a spell that they do not talk about in it, and I believe it's called Stone's itself. Throw. Yeah. It is not one of the ones you get with your specialization automatically, but Stone's Throw is something you must be a keeper to learn, and it lets you teleport through stone. So, I don't know about you, but yeah. I'm pretty cool with teleporting up and down the floors of buildings and stuff. Teleporting isn't really a thing people do in Dragon Age, but keepers can. Because you feel like it. Because we can make them swim through the stone. It's cool. So super check that out. Super check that out. Uh, next is an interesting one. Uh, the specialization from Inquisition, the Necromancer. These, <laughs> yeah, these mages practice an art out of binding spirits to aid them. When practiced enough, these mages become masters of death, even delaying their own, delaying their own deaths to continue their assaults. Mm-hmm. And as I recall, Necromancer is good with entropy and mm-hmm. also sort of becomes a bit of a summoner-like yes. person. So, it's a little bit of like entropy and spirit at the same time, mm-hmm. and the ability to sort of create allies. Yes, um, from I don't know that stuff. I, and I don't not. Mm-hmm. You might be need to be a necromancer to be able to cast. I think it's the uh, the animate dead spell. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you would need to be a necromancer. Pretty, for that. I'm pretty sure that's right. Uh, then there's the shapeshifter, a mo- esoteric practice. The art of taking the forms of beasts is uncommon, to say the least. Supposedly practiced by hedge mages and witches, 
taking the forms of animals, great and small, has many uses in and out of combat. It's actually, I believe, based <clears> off. <throat> isn't that a creation magic? I think so. I thought so. I thought that was. I remember being thinking that was particularly interesting. It does feel more creation than spirit, at least. Let's see. The large animal form. Yeah, the animal yeah, form it is a creation are, fact, school yeah, set. Creation. Interesting. I actually so know that. It's uh, it's pretty nice. I think that it can have some serious benefits, especially if you're one of those people who did not neglect their physical combat stats. Mm-hmm. This would just feed into that quite well. Mm. If you did neglect your physical combat stats, it can help. Mm-hmm. Certainly help. But you can just it can be a cherry on top <clears throat> if you've got <clears throat> a decent con and dexterity. I, and I think that actually replaces your physical stats. Oh, does you, it really? Yeah, you keep your oh. magic, cunning, and willpower, and I think your perception. Well, it shows what and I you know. Keep a, you keep a couple of your stats, but otherwise you get the stats of the beast that you turn into, which in some cases, like turning into a yeah, like turning into, into a bear or a bronto or a, or a dragonling. It's you can get like a. It's like I'm gonna have an eight strength now because it felt like it. Ouch! It's pretty great. And then we have we have. Do you want to say it? Spirit healer. Spirit healer. I'm making a very silly face. <laughs> I'm sorry you can't see it. Reaching out to more com- uh, more compassionate spirits, these daring mages reach across the veil and entreat these spirits to lend their healing power, lend them healing powers beyond those of most mages. Reaching out to spirits has its dangers, and most misunderstand the, inher- the intentions of these mages. I will tell you right now that if you want to be able to heal and keep up with damage in any way, shape, or form, you will need this specialization to Definitely. do so. The this... group heal ability is one that does not scale particularly well. But with the combination of certain specializations and spells and tactics, mm-hmm. it can be, it is really the only way to provide meaningful healing in combat to an entire party. Mm-hmm. If you want to be the healer, this is the one to go for. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's really best when it's supplementing other ideas and other tactics, but it's a really, really solid backing and means that, you know, Dragon Age is a dark fantasy mm-hmm. and... Character deaths are supposed to be quite common. If you have a spirit healer in the party, those will not happen nearly as often. So if you are fond of your characters, having a spirit healer can be a very, very valuable thing. You get those life ward and revival spells. Yeah. Those are nice. Won't bring you back from death, but will take you back from the brink. Mm Mm-hmm. So, uh, talking a bit more about the nuts and bolts of the mage, we'll talk about uh, focus considerations. Focuses that you will likely find very useful as a mage. Uh, you will likely want to take focuses in the school of magic that you're going to use most often. Yes. Those should probably be your first, the first ones you pick. So if you're going to be a creationist, yep. uh, you should focus in creation. Yeah, get uh, the creation focus. You want to be a primalist, you can get the primal focus. You want to be an entropy mage, you can get the spirit get, focus. No, I'm kidding. Get the spirit focus because entropy's creepy. <laughs> Maybe you don't. No. Maybe don't. Uh, willpower self-discipline is super important for mages. You will use this to resist demonic possession, which is always a looming possibility when you're using more powerful spells. That one is important. Mm-hmm. Again, if you want to try your luck, go for it. I'll wish you the best. <laughs> but if you are looking for a bit more staying power as a character, mm-hmm. this is something you will want to invest in as soon as possible. Strongly consider it. Strongly consider it for your own sake. Yeah. Really... The, the foci for, uh, or focuses, whichever we're all mm, I think going they, for I think today. they use focuses in this game. Okay. But uh, the focuses you really want first would be the magic ones. But immediately following that, the moment you start getting spells with prerequisites, 
mm-hmm. is when you want to start hitting the willpower self-defense and hitting it hard. Yes, definitely. Let's see. Uh, if you take the magic arcane lance focus, uh, your arcane lance is going to get it more accurate if you use it more often. It's for people who like to specialize with that. Yes, for people who want to be good, sh- good slinging those little those little magic missiles, then you can get pretty good. Uh, the force, lore, most lore-based focuses are require are required to make tests calling for specialized knowledge. So having more than one area of expertise never hurts. Pick up a couple lore focuses; it never hurts. No thing. Be the smarty. Be the smarty. Most mages are the smarty. Let's see. Uh, considerations for your talent talent selection. Uh, there are of course <clears throat> there is of course one talent for every school of magic. Pick some up. Mm-hmm. Pick They're them quite up. good. They give you extra little powers based on the uh, based on the school of magic that you selected. <coughs> and they of course uh, once you get into the later ones, they reduce the mana costs for your spells of mm-hmm. that particular school and they give you extra spells from that school. And might I mention that the master level for spirit not only grants you the uh, the thing that most others do, but the special little benefit mm-hmm. to the master talent for spirit is that anytime you would regain d6's worth of mana, mm-hmm. you may re-roll after seeing the roll. You must take the second roll, even if it's worse. Heck yeah. But you can re-roll, so if you are going to be in a game that will have access to Lyrium, that, that talent tree suddenly gets a lot more valuable. It does. I have made really good use of it and saved myself a lot of pain. Something's going to be very nice to have. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. And I believe uh, the Master Degree of Entropy like decreases the strength score of people who are standing right next to you. That is scary. It is kind of creepy. And the, cre- and, like, the, and the creation the, one gives you plus one to defense. Plus one to defense. Because yeah, you're ooh. alive. <laughs> yeah, that helps a lot. And I think the Primal one, if I'm not mistaken, <laughs> makes uh, certain stunts cost less. Something like that. It's nice, if I recall. And now I'm curious. Oh, damn it. I didn't even... <laughs> you didn't even need to know. I knew. Oh, That's why I wasn't looking over there. They, we always turn, to, land on always it. turn to a certain page by mistake. There's a certain type of creature that, of which I am not fond. And there is a page with a giant version. And it doesn't work out for me because we uh, always end up on that page. The, uh, the master degree of the primal one is that uh, if you perform the mighty spell stunt with a primal spell, you can inflict the extra damage on more than one, more than one of the spell's targets. So if you've got like a flame blast or a fireball, normally you only have to you pick one person that that extra d6 goes to. But with this, you get if you spend one extra stun point, you can put it on another person and spend an extra stun point to put it on another person. So that's yeah, helpful. There are some nice abilities in there. That is helpful. So definitely consider those magic-based talents. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for your consideration, the only fighting style talent that mages can take is unarmed style, which can make some for it makes for some interesting mages. They Especially could. mages who like take uh, brawling, st- take uh, unarmed style, and then cast telekinetic weapons on their fists. <laughs> telekinetic punches. <laughs> telekinetic punches. Bam. That sounds like a fun idea. Yeah. I thought it was an interesting idea. Have Let's we mentioned see. that we really like the sp- the spirit schools that we do? The spirit schools got a lot of cool toys to play with. Just saying. Mm-hmm. Or of course, if you want to go primal, you can cover them with fire or ice too, and that's cool. Or you can cover them with fire and ice if you have both. If you have enough spells. Honestly, if you play your cards right and you have a weapon, <laughs> you can make it flaming and frost and and telekinetic. Jeez. Or or you could make it flaming and telekinetic or frost and telekinetic. All I, I all I know I for you, sure you is you can that put all three of them on if I'm not mistaken. Because that's just fun. That's just <laughs> what does that even look like? An amalgam of nonsense. An amalgam of nonsense. That looks like somebody you don't want to mess with. So, uh, advance, some tips for planning ahead. 
If you've played a mage in Dragon Age Origins, the video game, you're likely going to notice that the spell pre uh, prerequisites are nearly identical, except for maybe, I think, two spells. I think uh, in, the, in the video game, Lightning Bolt comes before Shock. In this one, Shock comes before Lightning Bolt. Just the name for it. Yeah, and then I think... I think... The Repulsion Field, which I believe requires a spell that doesn't exist in the video game. Mm -hmm. But, no, uh, that exists in the video game, but not in the art. Also, the uh, but, is telekinetic in the game? I think it is, Because yes. I don't remember why well, I was a rogue. <laughs> that would make sense. Right. It also probably was not not quite as cool as it is here. Boy, is it. Or at but least But that, that is the prereq for Crushing Prison in this mm -hmm. game. Right. Because I, th I think, I think in the video game it, like, uh, let you bypass armor a bit. <coughs> or at least let the people who you cast on bypass armor, mm. which is also cool. It does pretty kind of the same thing in this one, too. So, while it may be tempting to pour all of your primary advancements into magic, we wish to reiterate that balance, is, that at least getting a bit more into the other two is good. Yep. Having awesome spell power means little if you, can't, if you can't understand an arcane text or resist possession by demons. Yep, you will be a super magical abomination, and mm -hmm. the GM will thank you for giving them a very powerful new character to kill your friends with. A very high power, high high magic scored abomination with spells. Yep. Thanks for that. So, so don't give your GM that satisfaction. And I suppose you could consider it a challenging kind of play. I bet there's mm -hmm. some group out there that you know maybe each and every person has one stat that they boost all to high all heavens. The way. Uh -huh. And all the way to the maker. Yep, all the way to the maker. But uh, other than that, unless you're doing something like that and you've discussed it with your group and everybody mm. thinks it's legit, you want balance, especially if you haven't played a mage before. Definitely. It helps. Balance is key. You're going to roll three ones, I mm. promise. It will happen. Yes. See, out of the three classes, we'll come to that one later. Um, out of the three classes, this class is going to have the most heavy influence on your portrayal of your character. Mages are not treated very well in Thetis, uh, and your character is likely to face mage prejudice on a daily basis. If you're, let's see, um, if you're part of the Tevinter social classes, then it's going to be a little different. You're not hunted and watched daily by Templars. You are under scrutiny from your peers and your fellow mages who are looking for weaknesses. Yeah, uh, think less running for your life mm -hmm. from men in armor and more political intrigue out to stab you in the back. Yes, the life of a mage is never an easy one, no matter where you're born. So yep. uh, how you portray your mage is going to be heavily dependent on your background. Uh, if you are a circle mage or an apostate, you're going to play it very differently than if you are a Tevinter Altus. Yes, and for example, how much magic you can play with in public is mm -hmm. going to be very much determined by your background. Like if you're a circle mage and you're walking around with walk with, bleh, walking around with rock armor, mm -hmm. people Pe are gonna probably look at you askance, but they're not going to scream and run away right. like they would if you were an obvious apostate. If you were an obvious apostate, yes, definitely. Uh, circle mages and definitely adventure folks who are uh, <coughs> in their homeland can get away with a little more magic in public, but should still be careful about where and when they use magic. And apostates need to be very careful about their magic use. Basically, you don't get to use it in cities unless Correct. you think you there careful. will be no witnesses. Mm -hmm. Gotta be careful. Or uh, if you're planning on getting out of town really quickly. We talked about that background very soon. Mm -hmm. That'd be good. It's a, it's a lot of stuff to talk about. Uh, see, also, you may have noticed that the mage class sounds like it has a lot of moving parts. And it does. If you are new to RPGs, this class does involve a lot of decision making compared to the other two classes, and it may be difficult for newcomers. If you still feel up for it, we encourage you to give it a try. Yep. 
my very first character in any RPG was a full caster. I had to prepare spells. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was uh, the best. It was the best. I loved it. Yeah, you never went back. Yeah. Or you never turned back. <coughs> <coughs> sorry, guys. <coughs> I really am sorry. Coffee break. You can't make the same joke twice. Yes, I can. It, it, I'll wasn't, do that. it wasn't even funny the first time. <laughs> I'll do the awful thing that Family Guy does where I'll do it until it's not funny. And then I'll keep doing it until it's funny again. Because... And now we've made a commentary about a show. Oh, no. I can cut that out. Let's see. Um, now we're going to get into some more role-playing tips. Um, mage, the class of mage is really, I think, especially compared to warrior and warrior and rogue, it's going to most heavily inform your role-play. Because... I think you said something about that. Yeah. Because as opposed to being a warrior or a rogue, you get to choose whether to be a warrior or a rogue, you don't get to choose to whether you're a mage or not. Mm. You're born as a mage. That is kind of a key component. Yes. There's a certain amount of... There's a certain amount of free will that comes with being a rogue or a warrior. You chose mm-hmm. that life. Mages don't get to choose. Mm-hmm. Once you're a mage, good That's luck with that. That's where you are. It's where yeah. you're going to be. Yes. You don't get to unmage unless somebody has some really, really weird mm-hmm. plot point. As a mage, well, Or if you want to go tranquil. Right, Don't do which that. I guess you could do. I haven't heard about. I, I think I've heard whispers about folks doing uh, doing tranquil PCs. That would be actually be incredibly interesting. Would be very interesting. Probably be kind of boring, but uh, like depends. in combat. Yeah. But it depend. It would depend. Probably really you, sad. You could go for that unarmed style thing. <laughs> it could be like one of the, like the silent sisters of mages. Just punch. <laughs> Don't even magic anymore. Just calmly yeah. thank people actually, for being in your presence and then punch yeah, them. That actually be kind of spooky. The tranquil mage who beats the crud out of people. We're gonna move on now. <laughs> uh, so most uh, you are most uh, mages are considered dangerous by most people. Most average citizens of Thais are going to define you as a mage before your name and where you were born. Uh, people tend to preoccupy, be preoccupied with the fact that you can shoot fire and lightning from your fingers. Or that you could be possessed by demons and turn into an abomination. Whether or not these are fair assumptions is very rarely asked. Mostly people people get scared. They hear things. They don't really want to know mm-hmm. the truth. And quite honestly, there's no way for them to match you in power in many, many ways. So they're always going to fear. They're always going to be on the defensive when they're dealing with you. Um, and of course... <coughs> The Chantry's Chant of Light teaches that it was not only the hubris of man that brought the Darkspawn and the Blights, the, like the, the big evil, the big darkness of Dragon Age, but it was the Magisters of Ancient Tevinter, mages who used blood magic to step into the Golden City, cause the creation of creatures that have nearly destroyed the world five times by now. And uh, just in case you were wondering, uh, here are more reasons why blood magic maybe isn't everybody's favorite tool. No, that's a pretty big one, but... but there's also a lot of other good reasons. Yeah, but here's one. Uh, it would so it would only be prudent to not trust mages, uh, not trust folks who have magic, mm-hmm. because they essentially, according to the Chant of Light, ruined everything, and were yeah. just huge jerks. Uh, if you come from a circle, your background may or may not include your harrowing. The test to all mages must pass to become a full-fledged member of the Circle of Magi. You should decide with your GM whether or not you have had your harrowing. It's, uh, I really hate to say that it's a harrowing experience, but it, I mean. But, you know. You sh- that was the only verb, or not verb, the only adjective I could think of at the time, right. so bear you know, with me. It's, it's just how it is. It's just how it is. Let's see. Whether you are a circle mage or an apostate, uh, you should have reason to be cautious around Templars. Oh, uh, yes. 
Southern Templars specifically. Uh, warriors trained to combat the dangers of magic. Not only are they resistant to spells, they can drain mages of mana. The most experienced Templars can cleanse a small area of magic, purging any spell effects in place in this area. To accompany their training, they are also taught of the dangers of abominations. They are told to strike without mercy against any mage who becomes possessed in order to control any of the damage. Because once mages become abominations, <coughs> they can be very, very difficult to control and put down. And will usually take a lot of people with them. So, There's uh, really, I've only heard of one way to actually bring people back from... It's the litany. A litany of Adrala prevents that prevents thing. it. Doesn't bring it back. But uh, like a lot of things, basically benign spirit healing stuff. Mm-hmm. Which most not everybody's going to be very benign open spirit to. possession. Yeah, not everyone's going to be open to that, unfortunately. Some people, are, people are just spooked. Yes. Not uh, but to this end, the ma- the uh, the Templars are discouraged to have relationships and friendships with mages to ensure that they can and strike quickly and decisively to end any threats that arise. Which means that when they inevitably do, mm-hmm. it's super scandalous. Oh yeah. Mm. So while then, while of course that is very pragmatic, and probably wise, uh, this course this course inevitably means that very few Templars trust mages or even treat them as nothing more than disasters that are waiting to happen. This means that it is likely that you have a very poor opinion of those who should be protecting you as much as protecting the world from you. Yes. And of course, that is specifically going to be in circles of Magi that are done, that are being run by the Chantry in the South, not mm-hmm. the Winter Chantry. Yes, and important little point, if you want to play an apostate and you have a friend who wants to play a Templar, talk to each other and talk to your GM. Oh yeah. That will not work out without some very, very special conditions set mm-hmm. into place. Oh yeah. That can get Just, really tricky really fast. This is one place where two different character backgrounds can clash in ways that are almost irrevocably different. It's true. So if you ha- if you find that you and another player want to work with this separation, or uh, it's a little bit easier with a circle mage and a Templar. Yeah. In fact, you can get all kinds of interesting stuff there. You and can. you could get all kinds of uh, really interesting things between an apostate and a Templar. You could. But you will have to set some ground rules before you set mm. up any we, sort of game with those definitely. two different backgrounds. Whoever was running Dragon Age Origins would have had to get a lot of uh, okay to make sure that Alistair and Morrigan could be in the same party. To be fair, well, like, and see, that's what they did. It's like, well, yeah. here, my character is actually this guy named Alistair, and he's uh, he's not very Templar. <laughs> he's only kind of Templar. He's kind of irreverent and Weed Knight. Mm-hmm. Very Joss Whedon. Very he has Xander. Cute hair. He has very cute hair. He's very cool. I like him. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, there's Morgan. I like Morgan, too. Morgan's good. Morgan's fun. Yeah, so it's making sure that you have good in-character reasons to not try to off each other as soon as you see each Please other. Please don't do that. Yeah, Please don't do that. That would be the only real consideration there. Be friends. Be friends. Be friends. It'll be great. Mm-hmm. It'll be great. Uh, let's see. Anything else we need to cover about mages? I think, well... Except for the bajillion trillion other things I want to talk about. Right. I guess more like uh, being a mage, just like the being of a mage. No, I think we've covered it. I think we, yeah, I think we got it. Um, if you guys disagree with us and want to have more questions, still have more questions to ask, of you course. You know how to you, ask them. You know how to ask them, but. Uh, You're going to say it again, I'm going to plug it again just to make okay. sure everyone gets it. I'm going to plug it again. Here we go. Say, Are we ready? <laughs> Seatbelt's on. It's happening. <laughs> 
you can send an email to wonders of Thetis podcast at gmail.com or you can send a message to Kata Protector on the Green Ronin forums. There you go. Or you can always go to the Green Ronin forums and you can talk about mages. We'll be opening up a thread on the Green Ronin forums about this particular topic and of course we'll be posting it on our blog so if you have any comments, questions, or just want to say, hey, we like the podcast. Uh, when you go, well, what other stuff you want to make? We want you to make this episode. Or hey, stop coughing into the microphone. And I'll Good say Lord. yes as soon as I don't have this. As soon as I don't have the bronchitis. The bronchitis. The bronchitis. I hate the bronchitis. That jerk face bronchitis. <laughs> that sounds like some sort of weird Tevinter name you could give somebody. Bronchitis. Bronchitis. <laughs> He's known go. for his gravelly voice. Known for his mighty commanding gravelly voice. <laughs> it's okay guys it's all good it's all good not contagious all right i got a little spittle on oh that's disgusting <laughs> i think we should end this episode all right i guess the episode's over thanks for joining us everybody um everybody be very careful with that magic out there uh and thank you of course for listening uh, this is ren wishing lots of sixes on that dragon die and i guess i suppose Mm-hmm. This is Jessica wishing you good heels and happy heels. You're never going to let me live that down. No. No, it's too much no. fun. It is. <laughs> this is how married couples talk, by this the way. This is how married couples this talk. This is how you be a grown-up in a relationship, is you basically make fart noises at the other person until someone gives in. Anyway, thank you guys for listening. Podcast over. Thank you, bye. Bye. Bye.